Welcome to Co-op Mode, round 81. This is the official video game podcast of Seeker Friends Unite. I'm one of your hosts, Todd Oxtra, and from beautiful Savage, Minnesota, joined by the also beautiful Mark Carabin, the Canardian. How you doing, bud? I'm, I'm flattered and, and great. Am I as beautiful as Savage, Minnesota, or is it a close tie? What's, uh, what's the deal? Where is your ranking between me and uh, City? Well, it's kind of gray, melty, snowy right now. So I'd say you're outpacing okay. the beauty of Savage right me, now. Me on the inside. Uh, inside beauty, outside beauty. It's all good. Anyway, I'm great. How are you? Uh, I'm fantastic. And the fun part is I think this might be the longest like stretch of hosts we've had. Like geographically, I don't know. You guys are almost a continent apart. And we are joined by Mr. Sean Capri, one of the founders of Yumi and Capri, a returning guest to the co-op couch. Sean, you are from the West Coast of Canada. Mark is from Atlantis, essentially, on the Atlantic <laughs> coast. Um, I don't know how many miles that is, but, uh, you know, that's crazy. I don't think we've had hosts that far apart. I think Mark is actually closer to Portugal than to me, <laughs> uh, which is amazing. I think that there might be yeah. some accuracy to it. Thanks for having me on, you guys. It's a be- I'm, I'm glad to be here to witness such a beautiful moment where where Todd can really only say that Mark is uh, more beautiful than a city because of how terrible the shape <laughs> the city is in right now and the weather. Because otherwise, it may be a tough call. But since That's things it, are yeah. so gray and terrible... Yeah, Mark takes it. Come back in the wonderful. summer when it's it's nice and, and uh, warm. Yeah, the whole conversation Street about lights it. Are all, yeah, it's a- <laughs> I appreciate that. And I, I am noticing that Mark's like beard and his hair, it's like the changing colors. They got the really red, got some brown on top. Mark, all right, come on, what's going on? I don't know. Yeah, what's with your pigments, Mark? <laughs> <laughs> I didn't think I changed anything. Did I, like... Uh, my hair's messed up. I kind of fell asleep. I was trying to get Finn to sleep, and and I laid down with him. And I fell asleep for like a Classic. half hour. Yeah. So uh, so that explains my hair being a little messy. But uh, for color wise, I think you're going to have to speak to a geneticist, and they can explain that to you. Maybe next time we'll we'll get someone on the show that can explain. I'm here to uh, say you look great, Mark. You, oh, you well, do, thanks. you do, yeah, and I'm a little jealous. Yeah. I'm a former ginger, and I've gone gray. So all my red hair and freckles gone. The freckles too? Oh yeah, I looked like a little Howdy like, Doody or Richie Cunningham. What are you going to call me? Opie Cunningham? Whatever they called me. Yeah, yeah. All right. I'll share some younger pictures of Todd, and you'll be jealous by my blazing beauty. But enough about our hygienic views of each other, because we're all handsome men here. Um, I think it's time to talk about some really important choices, and that comes down to buy, rent, return. I present you, gentlemen, three choices of forgotten franchises from our core consoles. Siphon Filter, Kid Icarus, Mech Assault. So, Sean, you're our guest. You have to buy one, rent one, and return one like the days of Blockbuster. What do you choose? I love everything mechs. I'm going to buy Mech Assault. I will rent Kid Icarus and return the other. I think that's, I think that, I don't know, it's kind of pretty straightforward for me. But also, like, Bobby loved Kid Icarus, you know, so that's kind of a bit of a, an homage to that, but I, I wasn't quite as in love. But give me, give me some mech games, and give me a joystick, give me a Microsoft Sidewinder with that sucker, and and I will be happy forever and ever, man. 
but that's kind of where I'm at with it, I think. Mark, what's your choice? Uh, terrible. Yeah, uh, I'm. I'm not sure. I don't have like a lot of love for any of these franchises, so it doesn't really matter. Like I've played probably the most of Kid Icarus. Uh, I don't think I've really played Mech Assault, although to Sean's point, like give me a mech and yeah, ma'am. Like that's cool. If I can drive around in a mech, like that sounds awesome. I just missed that game, I guess. Uh, and siphon filter. I think my brother had that and I may have played a little bit, but like zero holding power for me right, right now. Like as, as far as memories go. So I might a weird mix run. it up just to be, that's, yeah. that's what I remember is a weird run. Like a, like a kind of like a kick your butt, like kick you the heel to the butt cheek. Kind of run. <laughs> very odd it's like really churning like you would be moving considerably backwards but you'd still be running shooting backwards i love it that's what i remember out of that animation yeah. probably should be more things more memorable right. pieces to siphon filter but yeah the, that run animation was it for me i think i think just to be different from sean i'm gonna i'm gonna buy kid icarus uh rent mega salt and return siphon filter because wow. filters just getting no love, but uh, <laughs> I, I want it to be a little bit different, at least. Okay, you, I will be the opposite. So I would buy Siphon Filter because in, in the, the this the thing that these all these games are, I never got very far in any of them. Like, and I think that's the hallmark of a lot of these games. I I didn't play much of them, but um, Siphon Filter, I think I've actually gave it a little bit more attention. I would have really loved it. This is one of the the hallmark you know, franchises for PlayStation, the PlayStation one era, which really hasn't been revisited, but it was kind of like if it had been developed and and carried forward, this could have been a cool franchise, but I mean, it was kind of held back by the PS one. And I think nine, eight, nine studios was behind this and they were also making sports games. So very weird. Um, but it was a fun, like spy before, uh, splinter cell came out, but it was not exactly, uh, what's the, what's the word I'm looking for? It was not Good. at all subtle. It was not <laughs> subtle. You like go and wreck hell and it's like, oh yeah. It's before Sam Fisher matured, I think. Maybe it was Sam Fisher was in this. He's like, I need to get better at what I'm doing and I'll be in Splinter Cell. But I think it had promise. Mech Assault. Stealth game with no stealth. That's actually pretty much to, to me. I gotta yeah. play this. Yeah, it was it was it was just wrecking hell. It was great. Um Kid Icarus. Uh, no, I'll go Mech Assault. Mech Assault, to your point. Max, it was more arcadey. It wasn't like yeah, um, the other games in the Mech series where it was more tactical. Yeah. And I'm like, mm-hmm. it, you didn't feel really powerful in those games. You felt like, oh, I have to worry about my gas and my acceleration. <laughs> and, and temperature. <laughs> exactly. Like, I'm overheating. Calm down. So not so much fun. But Max Zelda, I think you did a really good job with that. And that was one of the first mm-hmm. games on xbox live i got my like xbox live to play that game live and i ended up calling up xbox support to cancel my subscription on the phone live it was so weird but it was still a fun game so definitely good rental kid icarus man i suck at that game i've never gotten past the first level ever and then that 3ds game came with like the little stand and then it was ridiculously hard to play on the 3ds like i mean your hands were supposed to do things they weren't supposed to do but the promise of the game was huge. So I'm like, it was better with the new 3ds with the thumb nubbin. Sure. It did get a little bit more playable then. 
my son loved that game. I mean, he was he had nimble hands that didn't have to worry about arthritis or anything. He talked about how much he loved that game and the writing was just goofy and fun. So I'm hoping that game gets ported to the Switch because it seems like an easy port because of all the controls. But there we go. So that's it, gentlemen. So, um, yeah, console holders, bring these games back. That's all we ask. So we now get into what we've been playing. So, Sean, um, what have you been playing? I listened to you late, uh, just last before the Nintendo Direct uh, with the Nintendo Drive, and you've been playing Pokemon Arceus, and then you played another game that was a Star Fox clone, apparently that was a thumbs down. Thumbs down, Star Horizon. It's, it's I almost feel bad for you know giving it extra coverage to say like don't like steer clear. But you know I have I have adopted this terrible sickness just like with podcasting where I can't stop myself from starting another show. I think I learned that from Bobby. Um, I can't stop myself from going on to the eShop into the into the deals, even though the eShop is a terrible experience as a as a customer and consumer, and it mm. loads like Netscape in 1998. It's just an absolutely it really there's does. no cart, there's no nothing. Oh yeah. Uh, but still, I find myself kind of compelled by some of these games that are 90% off and $2.30 Canadian. And a game that looked a little bit like Star Fox, I'm like, yeah, I want to go like pew pew some lasers in space. That sounds great. Uh, how bad could it be? And I <laughs> tried it for maybe a level and and kind of deleted it pretty quickly. So that's the, that's the thumbs down for the week. But I, I feel like, Todd... Uh, maybe you'll be proud of me. I played one of the one of the what has become one of my favorite games of all time. Actually, originally released on the PlayStation Four in 2018, I played it on the personal computer. God of War, boy simulator, boy oh boy, <laughs> man, that game is. And it's like not anything new. It's not like I'm breaking any like you know any opinions here. But this is this is one of my favorite games I've played ever. Um, and I was reflecting on it, you know. It, Sometimes for me, when I when I sit down and I play a game, I think it's really hard for us to render like a verdict, a an objective kind of opinion about a game because so much of it is like, where are you at in life, and like, what did you play last, and how much time do you have available? Like all these things kind of have to line up for you to really kind of wrap your head around a game. And everything happens for a reason is a bumper sticker I've got on my on my butt. Because uh, I really think that that's a thing. Like, everything happens for a reason. I didn't get around to finishing God of War in 2018, and it was better played for me in 2022. Um, my son Lincoln is, he'll be five in April, which is wild, um, which means that he was about one and a bit when God of War originally came out. And my mm -hmm. relationship and the way I interact with him is, like, way closer now than, uh, than it was back then to what Kratos and Atreus are, are at there. So, like, they actually have conversations. They talk to each other. There's some reasoning. There's I can see him starting to learn things. And, and like, that was way more impactful to me as a, you know, as a dad. And a lot of us have commented on that kind of side of things. So I could go on probably for about an hour about God of War, but, like, really, really special. And I just, once I kind of, once it, once it got into me, once I got into it, I, I just wanted to play more and there's more for me to do. My biggest complaint about it that I will say, because I did play it on PC and PlayStation's got to figure this out. Like just get trophies going, man. Like make me uh, care. Like keep me in that, 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 um, that ecosystem. And one step beyond that would be like cross save. If I'm playing on my PC, like I want to go pick up where I left off on, on my PlayStation. Cause I have both and I can do those things in Xbox land. And I think that that kind of, that stuff kind of matters, but with those mm -hmm. taken outside, like I literally took a, eight, a 25 foot cord HDMI cable from my computer to my TV out there in the next room so that at least I could just have like a, a sure. couch experience with it. Uh, but God of War, man, 
it's so great and i'm so glad it gets like this extra boost uh right before or at some point sometime before ragnarok and um yeah allows more people to play it i think it's great it's interesting, Sean. Um, I played that when my son was 13, so it was the perfect age because oh, wow. Atreus and Logan are like, we're the same age. The the yeah. mouthiness, the they get full of themselves, then the at, at times, then they get very clingy. And teenage years are, you, you gentlemen are on an interesting cusp because it's coming eventually. You got time. Enjoy what you have now because my son is going to be driving very shortly by himself. So that, that mix of just accepting your child Mm -hmm. as a mature person that is going to go beyond you and live beyond you. And you hope you are a good influence on them to make the right choices because there are so many temptations. And uh, as we saw Atreus uh, understanding where he could go and hoping those things in the back of his head reminds him of being the best person he can be. And that's all you can hope with your, as a dad. So uh, yeah, I, I was my game of the year. I loved it. I mean, beyond oh, yeah. just what they did technically, it was just the, I'm a huge story fan. And that's part of my mm-hmm. my experience with games and the way they bring them forward. And people say, well, games don't tell good stories. I don't think that's true. I just think sometimes they're more successful than others. And I think they're learning. And I think we're going to see games that just blow people away and they'll have the best story ever told them through gaming and gameplay and, and interaction. So I think that's a, a thing with God of War that... Uh, I think is the precipice for bringing us to the next level. And hopefully this gen, we're just in the cusp of what can they deliver with like Hellblade two. And, and a, a lot of these experiences that'll just be fantastic that you don't have to worry about. Um, is it going to be good? It's how good can it be? So that's, that's really going to be awesome. Yeah. I mean, it seems just really free to explore its own space too, which I'm, you know, it's every time you have a groundbreaking game like that, that's like, Holy, like it re- you really take notice kind of what happens is exactly what you're alluding to which is other games are going to do that but it never it will never feel as fresh like i think with pokemon too there's a lot of comparisons to breath of the wild but like breath of the wild did that five years ago and there's going to be versions of breath of the wild that other kind of developers and and studios are going to be picking up and 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 draw inspiration from but it's like breath of the wild did it first and i feel like i haven't played a game like god of war since really the last of us and i feel like there was a bunch of games after the last of us that tried to do that thing and didn't quite hit it in my opinion and then god of war comes around and like it does the whole like reinventing kratos and refreshing the whole like there's so many things that are special about it the technical aspects the performances the writing the the world that you get to explore the expansion beyond like just the linear nature to kind of open world like all of it it like it nailed so many elements of video games that I don't know. I, anytime I see anything else, try to do that. I'm like, ah, God of War just did that. You know, mm-hmm. it's going to, it's going to feel a little copycat ish. So even for a sequel, I'm curious what the reception is going to be on that. And yeah, I, I just want, I want everything to, to, I want game creators to challenge themselves to be original in the way that God of War really did. And it's just really special. I think in that way. Very cool. Very cool. Yeah, I mean, it's and it's awesome. The fact that it was on PC opened doors yeah. to people that uh, I mean that may not have never had a PlayStation, and that's perfectly fine not to mm-hmm. own that system. It's just sad that people aren't experiencing all the great games, and hopefully, we will see PlayStation's catalog go more places. So it's not an excuse anymore. Well, I don't have that console because I, I hate to see yeah. people ignore some of the best games in the world because eh, I just didn't have the box. Yeah. Well, you know, we heard for years and years all the PlayStation fans don't need to buy an Xbox because they already had a gaming PC. So, you know, you can mm-hmm. just play that too. Absolutely. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. 
So Sold. I'm gonna get any anything else, Sean, that you've been playing that you enjoyed. A little bit of Pokemon. I'm, I'm not. I'm still kind of in the first area, and I'm just kind of um, really enthralled in the with the world itself and the mechanics. And I always seem to name the characters in these uh, anime games my, uh, my kids. So I've got a little little Ellie running around, and in Monster Hunter Stories, it was it was Lincoln, this cute little anime character named Lincoln, which was very very sweet. Um, but I'm I'm really enjoying it, man. Like I, I I've I've basically dedicated the last year to just try to like get into and kind of understand Pokemon because I've been you know spending years on We the GamerCast and meeting people who grew up on Pokemon. Like I've got no connection to this thing. Like, I don't know what a, I don't know what that is. I don't know what a lit Leo is. Like, I guess he's like, I've come to learn. He's very, very cute. Um, and so it's been fun to get to know it. Cause it's just, I, to me, I just like learning things and I've kind of dedicated a little bit of energy to that. And then of course, um, I've got two kids who are like perfect age for, for Pokemon. So, uh, this is why you have kids. I think it's like within the top five reasons to have children is to, you know, get back into things yeah. you missed. So, yeah, Pokemon Go was kind of the gateway drug. Uh, it was the on-ramp into into Pokemon and play. I played uh, Diamond in the fall. And now this one, it's like, I don't know. I, I don't I have I don't have like the jaded 20 years of Pokemon gaming that a lot of people do. And to be honest with you, I don't know if I would have made it if I was there the entire time. I don't know if I could have done decades of the same thing over and over again because I already feel the power of how refreshing this is. I like running around and seeing a, an actual like tree with some materials on it or a rock or something that I can go grab. And I just, it makes sense that I go, I grab a Pokemon from my pocket or a Pokeball. I throw it at the thing and I get, I get the materials. Like I like that a lot. Um, and so, yeah, and it feels like it's maybe an actual console game, you know, rather than a, than a, a handheld game that has been ported. It seems mm-hmm. like for the first time now we get to play a game that was, you know, that that is so huge and, and that there are so many of these creatures around that we can go do all these things with to match that that size of world and endeavor with the the power of an actual console. I think it's interesting because people don't typically think of the Switch as this enabling beast of technology, but in the world where you come from, if you're in handheld, then yeah, the Switch is absolutely that. And there could be kind of like an if we ran Nintendo moment of what else lived only on handhelds that could really benefit from the power of the Switch. I just love that notion. It's so backwards. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's uh, that's been my experience with with Pokemon Legends. And, and I'll just jump in there because I am the person that's been playing every major iteration mm-hmm. for the last 20 years, starting with you know Red and Blue. And jumping into this one, it does feel so different and it does do a lot of stuff that I think Sean, you, I, I think you nailed it. I think it, it feels like a console first game yeah. where even sword and shield felt like such an iteration. Like, yes, they looked prettier and they were more open and, and, and broader and there, there were different areas and stuff, but uh, it was still the same kind of formula. And, and yes, in this one, I do miss some of the population uh, there's no, there's there aren't as many trainers. There's not as many uh, battles with people hiding around every corner, and it doesn't feel as populated. But that's also kind of the point of you're in this early kind of feudal Japan setting of like there's villages here and there, and they're just popping up and like you know like you get a sense of talking to some of the characters like there's been some fights there's been some more these people moved here to try to get away from some of the bs that's going on and they're kind of setting up shop here and they're trying to kind of get along now with everyone and um 
so you get a sense that yeah, this is this is kind of a crazy kind of world, and and they're just starting to develop Pokeball technology and all this kind of <laughs> stuff. So you're seeing where it all starts, and um, and I'm really, really, really enjoying it. Uh, to your point, where it makes sense that you can just see something, and if you can bing a Bidoof in the back of the head with a Pokeball, <laughs> then you can catch that thing without having to battle it. And other times like a Pokemon will see you first and be like, not today MFR. And it'd be like, you know, like they'll charge at you and yeah. you have to try to react and hit them in the face with a Pokeball or throw out one of your other Pokemon to defend you. And if not, like that thing's going to take you out. Like you're going to get hit in the face with a hyper beam. Like I got poisoned the other day trying to run away from something. I was just like, what are you doing? I wasn't even trying to catch you. I wasn't bugging you. You were just there. And I was like running through the field and you just shot me with your poison. And that is very rude. And it's just, it's such a, like it's, but it makes sense. Like if you're out and you piss off a crow or something or some kind of like, you know, badger sees you it's gonna, it's gonna be like, poop on you my territory like come on and you know and other animals are just like ah oh, whatever do your thing man do your thing uh so it's like it, it's it's very much real world animals with with superpowers like you can ex- you, you can kind of imagine them reacting in this way so um is there another I'm game really- that has done that ever it reminds me of like detective pikachu you know, at the beginning and he's kind of mm. in the field and they're going to go try and sneak up on that Q bone. It's like, it doesn't really work out for him. That's awesome. No. Like that's kind of yeah. what this is. And that kind of gives me another sense of where they could go with this. You know, this is ancient times, but they could go like, what if it's like right in the middle of, of Tokyo, Japan? I think that would be so cool. Yeah. I, and that's, that's what I was just going to say is I'd love to see this going back to the mainline Pokemon yeah. setting. Like, can they go back? Uh, and, and, we've heard this with breath of the wild. Can you go back to the breath of the like pre breath of the wild formula? Yes. People are saying they want dungeons and they want this and they want that. But like going black, going back and playing Ocarina or twilight princess or anything else, you start to feel like, Oh man. Yeah. This like, they didn't really, there was like pre breath of the wild Zelda and then like breath of the wild. And like anything after that, you're kind of like, you're expecting more. Yeah, You're expecting something to to have changed in the the DNA of the game, like at the base level of of this, and they they can't really step it back. In, in Nintendo games, I think you always just want to feel the creativity that is born out of the limitations, right? You don't mm-hmm. want the you don't want to go back to the old games that were because they're they're they were fun back then. They were fun back then because that's exactly what Nintendo was doing back then, which was mm-hmm. they were limited by technology and they created a workaround that happened to be kind of an interesting bit of a gameplay hook. And I think that that's there where they will always be and they will always be kind of forced to come up with interesting solutions, which when they then give themselves a little bit more power to play with, then it's like, okay, now we've got something on our hands here. Now we've got this gigantic open world with breath of the wild. Mm-hmm. Um, but with that said, like I think about, they, they now have a similar situation with, um, I, I would have gone back to like 2d Zelda. Uh, so like, that's probably where you can kind of go back and forth. And I think that's probably where Pokemon can kind of go back and forth here as well. You can have these bigger open world, more advanced kind of experiences that come out every few years, but there's still, you know, lots more to remake and there's, there's probably more traditional style Pokemon games that they can, that they can do or MOBAs or oh, God knows what else. Yeah. Yeah, yeah for sure. And, but I, I'd love to see, Pokemon Shield, like the next iteration of that kind of world, more populated, 
traditional style Pokemon, but like with some of the even like quality of life, living world stuff. Like I can't imagine them not taking some of the stuff, whether it's collecting materials or just the way that you interact with the world and Pokemon in the world. Like I can't imagine them going back to a, a shield sword type game without some of these improvements. So it's, it's to me, it's like, it's a fun offshot, but it's also redefining what I'm going to expect from the next generation of Pokemon. It's, it's, it's really impressive. Well, and I think that's good for us as grown adults who can, you know, read and, and we can, we've played all sorts of games. What I'm curious about is the role that Pokemon plays in introducing like a, almost like it's like baby's first RPG. Mm. And like, is this as friendly to brand new players? And I mean like brand new players as, as the old style is. And I, I don't know if I'm honestly, if I'm equipped to even answer that, it does seem a little bit more complex, oh, but I'm not sure. Is. Right. Like, yeah, no, it, it definitely is. And, and I think, but I, I think that's okay for a series like Pokemon, because I think there, there are remakes, but, even those like Pokemon's always been very text heavy. If you, if you want to really understand what's going on and even the rock, paper, scissors mechanic of uh, this is strong against this. And this is like, it's, it's, it's not a great first game. I think for anyone like that's, that's, you know, Mario Kirby, Yoshi, that kind of stuff. Right. So I I think that's kind of what they're, they, they attempted to do with the let's go series. Cause that can literally be mm-hmm. like baby's first Pokemon yeah. of like you're using one joy con or a ball and you have one little joystick and then you shake the thing to throw a ball. And that's as much as you need to know, like throw voice acting in that and you don't even have to read. Like you could literally give that to a four year old and be like, here, go throw something at a Pikachu and try not to break my TV. Like, please use a wrist strap and you're good. Like, mm-hmm. you know, so I, I think, yeah, I think Pokemon can have those different sects and i think because pokemon themselves are so cute people look at it and say like oh this is going to be a cute game but that's where you have pokemon go the let's go series even the remakes of the older games but again like you you start to get into very text heavy things and holy crap this game is text heavy Mm -hmm. like especially early on yeah if i was in a different mindset and didn't want to play this game so bad I probably would have put it down for a bit. And I'm guessing that's that you, Todd, you're, you're laughing and that's, that's exactly how it hit you, isn't it? Yeah. I, uh, this was going to be my first Pokemon game. And then I, uh, decided that I didn't like any of it in regards to the actual <laughs> presentation. I thought the presentation felt like it was dated from 20 years ago. And now that's, this is the biggest franchise in the world. And they put so little money and presentation into it. And I'm like, I, I, when I was just joining the Air Force, I watched the Pokemon cartoon anime every day for some reason or whenever it was on. They've been talking in Pokemon since the series of this game. So po- Pokemon talking, the Pikachu, Pika, Pika, Pika. The fact that they're not doing the game just feels like because they don't want to. It's too expensive and takes too much effort. And to me, that it just feels like, Guys, get up to speed. I was just watching the direct today. Advance Wars now has voice acting. I just think it's a cop out because people say, well, that's the way it's always been. But all video games started with no voice acting. Zork had no voice acting. Mario didn't talk when he first started because there was no voice ship. So I just feel like 
the Pokemon fans want to, they're the most nostalgic people in the world. They're held back because of what they started playing as kids, but kids will play whatever you give them. My son was, and he's 16 now, he was always looking for something that challenged not him, challenged him, not for something that babied him. So I think if you underestimating your kids and saying they can only handle this because of that, kids will adapt and they'll get as they'll they'll adapt to it if they're interested in it. It's like those kids that learn languages or something like that. They adapt. So, um, but yeah, so I decided that after a while, I'm like, I was bored to tears. I'm like, this just feels like a game. It's so set in the way it's been. It's scared to move forward in certain ways. In other ways, I was watching my son play it, and that's where the enjoyment came for me. I saw what he was doing. He enjoyed the grind, but I'm like, I don't want to do that for 30 hours because that to me seems too repetitive, too much of the same. You're going around, you're exploring like uh, Breath of the Wild, to your point. It feels like Breath of the Wild. And I was first thinking, like, does Nintendo allow other studios and their own developer studios to use their own engines? Right. Because why wouldn't Breath of the Wild, why wouldn't they just use a Breath of the Wild engine? Because that yeah. seems to perform so much better than this. It's not like it's Breath of the Wild was not a crowded area or something like that. So I, I just thought of that. I'm like, too, well, they have some, and that's where I'm struggling, too, because they have all the money in the world and they could have done whatever they wanted to. They didn't have to release the game right now. They just had a Pokemon game launch three months ago. They could have taken the time, but I, I just struggle with this franchise. And it's like, why did you have to do that? Put the time and effort and care to make this perform better or hold it back. Wait until yeah, the next Switch came back. It's, it's so weird. Weird. Because I, as much as I am enjoying it, there are things that, like even talking to my brother, he asked if I picked it up. I was like, of course I, of course I did. Like, it's a Nintendo Pokemon game. Like, come on. Uh, and he said, like, I'm thinking about it, but I'm, I'm kind of on the fence. I have some stuff in my backlog he wants to get to first. And he said, like, do you recommend me jumping in? I was like, well, one, it's not going to go on sale. So pick it up when you want to pick it up because it's a Pokemon game and it's always going to be the same price. But I said, it's also like, it's fugly. Like there are times when you're coming up on a Pokemon and just when it pops in, like the frames are like two frames per second. Like you see there was one that it was flying and the wings were like literally like this. And it was just, it was not smooth and I'm running up on it. And as I got closer, the animation started to get better, but it was just kind of like, that's a weird level of unpolishedness for like you said that one of the biggest franchises and it's nintendo they're known for their polish and it's like and they make more money than god they're the most profitable part of nintendo in the world and it's like Mm -hmm. rather than pocket it invest in that studio take some resources get a good engine these things or share accordingly with your great developers it just seems an odd approach to a series that is that big it'd be like if disney said we're gonna just cheat go on the cheap with our special effects because people will buy it anyways or people will watch and it's like and that's, that's a, a weird I'm, that's a that's a, definitely part of the problem there yeah it's just so it's just a weird thing but i i totally get it but watching my son go back that he really enjoys it and he's like this is the step we need forward the past pokemon games felt like that was Pokemon one. This feels like finally Pokemon two, where we were actually growing and building upon and things like that versus it's, it's a remake again, but we're doing things and moving incrementally. So I liked what he's doing. He's told me all about it. And I'm, I'm enjoying it through him. And that's a great way to experiencing games that you normally wouldn't play. Uh, it was the same way we did slay the spire. My son loves those type of games. I was like his co-pilot. And I let him play and I would give him my two cents and he would either take it or not. But we enjoyed that experience together. So um, rather than me get frustrated, like it's not for me, but I see what my son sees and I'm enjoying him playing it. And he tells me how is his journey. And I love that. So it's really 
it's a complimentary experience where I don't have to waste my time and energy with it, but I can get enough out of it that I, I enjoy it and, and I like what he's doing. So um, it's a weird thing, though, but I think it's, it's interesting, everybody's approach. Sean, with you and younger chill, uh, with your, your kids that are younger and the appropriate game for them, if they want to uh, read the text, that's great. Um, I do think that the, not having voice acting is a cardinal sin of Nintendo, and I really think they need to get over that like barrier to say why and just enjoy it. And and to your point, they can turn off the voice acting and still get all the text. There's it's modern technology. I watch I, I watch my TV shows with subtitles. And I can read and I can watch. I'm just old and I like to see what they said. But it's it's just a weird experience. The most apologist thing that I can do is actually defend the uh, the no voice acting on this. I'm going to pull out my Nintendo fanboy card and, and the dad card all at the same time to say, if there is voice acting, the voice acting will stay on and nobody on God's green earth is turning that off. This this notion that, you know, if you want your kids to read, just turn off the voice acting, not, not going to happen. Yeah, no. But you can uh, do both. And that would also be, yeah. and, well, that's true. But, you know, my, my apologist stance here is that I'm glad that there is a game with so much reading, with so much math and so much strategy and all these things that, you know, I can feel pretty good about throwing that in front of my kid and he can play it for a couple hours. And because like I've had the benefit, like I just mentioned, like I, I've, I've talked to dozens, if not hundreds of people who grew up playing Pokemon. And now his name is like Dr. Garrett Bland, for God's sakes, or whoever it is. Like I've talked to some of these kids who grew up with Pokemon who just like learned how to train their brain. Like this was mm-hmm. instead of reading a, a novel, they read Pokemon. And I think like it's not I don't think it's, it's quite as egregious in this case. Because I don't think that you could you should look at every game as if it's made for every single person. If this game is made for kids, which I think it is, then I say keep the voice acting out of it, honestly. But I, I don't know if it was made for kids. If I read the dialogue, it's not speaking to kids. It's kind of the way it's texted. It just feels like it's made for everybody. But the script is a little bit stilted, kind of like the Pokemon show. Sure, like, yeah. and and yeah. this is this is where like yeah, you get into semantics a little bit. Where yeah. is it leaning? Where is it like heavily leaning kids? But yeah, you you should have a little bit of like little nuggets for somebody who isn't a child. But yeah, I think that I think that part is okay. And I and I but I also think about the the polish and the presentation. I feel like that's kind of the the piece that's a little bit weird. Why do that? And I'm trying to wrap my head around the choices that have to be made where you end up with something like that. And ultimately you think about the resources where it's like, you, you kind of seem like you're limitless in the, what you can put into this, but what you end up with is, I don't know, like something, you still end up with something special with a, with a property that people care about. So the choices have gone into that result rather than the result being like every single frame or the disc, the draw distance being all the way over there. It's like, there's still effort being put into a story and a world that's being generated yeah. and, the, and the proper placement of where these Pokemon go and how they look like all those things. So I don't know. It's, it's yeah. Could it be everything for everybody because it's the biggest thing in the world? Sure. But like, I think it's also the biggest thing in the world because it, it knew what it was from day one and continues to kind of know what it is. And I think that focus and that discipline is kind of commendable. Honestly, you see a lot of games try to be everything to everybody and they fall flat on their face. Like they just, it seems like they're chasing and there's a weird stubborn confidence 
to Pokemon and Nintendo. And they, like I said, that is my uh, my slash end rant or slash end yeah. fanboy card that I'll play for this. Just this imagine if, if just if Microsoft has said, we don't care what you think about the brute and how he looks. We're launching it in three months. No, they just it's, about did. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Right. So it's, it's one of those things, too. It's like, OK, you can do that. But I think Nintendo fans are more forgiving for? than others. For? Well, and it's the, uh, absolutely. And where is it yeah. leaning? It's the yeah. people who are going to notice those kind of people, those things. They yeah. screenshot Craig the Brute, for God's sakes. Like, kids don't even know how to do that. No. So, but, yeah. But, but, but I would say the Pokemon get... audience has grown up now, and I would say it's it's largely adult. Uh, you know, the, the the number of people who own Switches and things are adults, and adults are playing this game. So it's one of those things It's like growing up with the franchise, and it's for kids and it's for adults, but you don't have to cap it just because kids are going to play it. Mm-hmm. I think we said kids' games just don't have to be bad. They can be great. And the kids can enjoy them too. So I, I just, I just hate when they could have taken the time and made it better yeah. when they just had a Pokemon. So I, I just, I just don't want to give them a pass because the Nintendo kids are going to buy it. Um, I, I just think they should strive to make the guess, best game possible. And there was no need to get it out now because you see what's on the radar, what games they've got coming. So that's another thing too. It's not like they've got a, a, a sparse schedule coming out. So it's a very weird trick so i will stop because my son likes the game he'll tell me dad shut up and move on so <laughs> sean you you said like the, the people that played pokemon or grow up to be doctor do, do you remember that study from 2019 i want to say um there, it was it was they, they showed that like people who played pokemon when they became adults had like a specific region in our brain dedicated to like processing Pokemon. The Kanto like, region, they called it, I think. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but Wait. like that, that's, they actually like found that there's a specific area in the visual cortex, uh, I have no devoted doubt. to, to like processing and identifying Pokemon. Yep. And I like, I definitely have that. Like, it's, it's got every wild. like memorization kind of trick in the book, like the whole like mm-hmm. what beats what the the rock paper scissors thing that get, continues to get expanded. This looks like a like a like a dog, and then it's like you, you the name of it kind of reflects that as well. Like all those all those little secret tricks that you learn in school, like you know count to seven, and this is the number that you'll have associated with blah blah blah. Like it's all association, and it you practice that constantly. You practice mm-hmm. like even just team building and strategy building. You have to figure it out on your own in a way that is fun and and engaging and inviting and there have been many other franchises and properties that have tried this there's countless other pokemon lookalikes across the world this is the one that nailed it and Mm -hmm. it's choices that they've made yeah they might have the choice where like results in things that some of us don't really like but what it the, the positives are so strong I just don't think it's that you can just do have everything that you like about or that the world likes about Pokemon and then just go also add this over here. I, I honestly, I don't know why, but I just don't think it works like that. Yeah. No. And, and I, I definitely, I agree with that. Like it's back to the halo point. Like if I know they delayed halo for a good reason, and I don't think that reason was specifically to make Craig, the brute prettier. Agreed. Uh, and I, I think if halo was, just as good. The multiplayer was just as good. Everything was was just as good as it is, but Craig the Brute looked like crap. I think if they launched that game and that was like the the main thing, like I I I really don't think it would have made any difference. You would have had people taking screenshots and being like, look how stupid this thing looks, but it would have been like 
overshadowed by 6 million people saying like, yeah, but the game's freaking awesome and it's fun to play. But I think that the single player that got delayed told me that the game was not in good shape. And that's why Jeff was stating, because they could have launched the campaigns and everything else to launch. I think they, they realized that what they wanted to do was not ready for prime time. And someone had to finally say, it's not going to work because your game is just going to look empty. We don't know how to do co-op and then co-op will be delayed two years and people have been upset. So I think it did take a, a harsh look to say, guys, with, if they're upset with this, just imagine when they play the game and it's not up to par, We've got to do it right. So it, it just becomes no. a, a, a check. So Nintendo's never cared about that, what anyone says about what they show because yeah, they just that, don't that's care. Exactly my yeah. point is, is you know, like Nintendo's just, they can see it and they, they can, Nintendo's that one company that's just like, yeah, we see the feedback, but we don't care because the game's fun and 10 million yeah. people are going to buy it and it's going to break records in its first week and we're good with that. And that's and the it, arrogance that I think maybe is tipping taught off a little bit and i i get triggered by that mm-hmm. as well i can't stand it and when you can smell it it's hard to to avoid it and, and to ignore it when you get like that you'll buy it anyways like come on i hate it i yeah. and i i was you know loud and 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 argumentative about animal crossing and really like so and i get it i'm not i'm not sh- never trying to like dissuade anybody where everything that todd said like every syllable is correct is accurate mm-hmm. to like i said every single syllable of it but it's just a matter of like how much you kind of decided if it's going to impact you or not. Exactly. And it is a, it is a pass. It kind of like, it either looks like feels like smells like maybe is a pass and maybe it is, but that is definitely something we do on a day to day basis with everything. We, we go, well, I guess this part of the, the shortcomings don't bother me as much as maybe somebody else. So I'll dive in. Um, mm-hmm. Animal Crossing, I think is egregious on that front. You can only have one Island. Are you nuts? <laughs> Like, no, you don't have three save. I've had three save files since like the original Legend of Zelda. Like, what the heck is going on here? So, yeah, that's yeah, that's it, why we don't have two switches time. in our household, Sean. I was like, I'll let my son play Animal Crossing. I'm not buying another damn system. And it's it's 260 bucks to even start another Animal Crossing game. So I've See, just that's not, that's the thing yeah. I'll get. Uh, that will that will bend me out of shape a hundred percent and a hundred times more than no voice acting even because at least yeah, at yeah. the very least like if there's a benefit to my kids there's wait there's no benefit to my kids for like having one island there's nothing that you can't Nintendo spin that to me at no. all that's like having, having to have a second Xbox to play Destiny two for two accounts can you imagine. Can you imagine? <laughs> it's silly it's dumb and i try to our, our friend uh sean nias i try to walk him through nintendo because he's a big xbox fan and things like that and he's trying to figure out for his kids what can i do i'm like just buy physical carts if you try to yeah. share yeah. digital you'll be screwed you'll be upset That's just buy carts and share yep. and if your kids lose them then it's on your kids not nintendo yeah make three strikes in the round and they still you know, taste the gross and, yeah I, i've not tasted them yet mark i'm not doing that really yeah, you never I did haven't. the taste test. No, I haven't. Oh, do they get? On, do they taste better over time or worse? I haven't gone back after five years. Did like age like a fine five wine years since I licked uh, Legend of Zelda? Do they have an expiration date? Like, like, could you get poisoned? Like that that bad taste just actually kills you eventually? I'll go. I'll go lick a okay. cartridge and find out. That's like that's George that's Dan's fiance. <laughs> oh no! <laughs> I'm not gonna lick all of my cartridges. Oh, shot. okay. Just one. There's a limit to Mark's insanity. Is like I'll do one that I got from my launch, the Breath of the Wild cart. Maybe mm. still, if I'm still alive, it finally tastes good after all these years. <laughs> oh boy, Mark. Any other games? 
No, just that one. Okay. So I've been on a laundry list of just trying games out of my comfort zone. So I did Pokemon, then I retired quickly, gave it to my son. Uh, I tried Tales of Arise because of Mr. Sean Capri recommended it. So it was on my Christmas list. Got it on PlayStation 5. I'm like, you know, I've got a good gap. I just finished uh, Horizon Zero Dawn. After a gap, I played some other games. So I'm like, I'm going to try this. It's going to be my game. Because Sean's like, this is the game. If you are into JRPGs or you're concerned about them, this might, game might be the gateway drug for you. I played Crimson Nexus, and I always get that game wrong. Is it Scarlet Nexus? Scarlet Nexus. It's a different red. Different red. So it's one of those. So I played that game, and I liked the combat, but the story just was not enough to draw me through. Kind of got annoyed with the characters, and the combat just got a little bit uh, repetitive. So I, I put that one in pause, and I said, okay, I'm going to try Tales of Rise because I just want to give this a try. Um, and I don't want to make uh, an assumption on a game series or, or a franchise like a JRPG, and I want to give this one a try. So I did. Um, the combat was interesting. I thought it was, it was, it was a more of an action RPG. Um, you get uh, members of your party. The story is essentially you are uh, a, a planet that's been enslaved by a group and you're a man in an iron mask that's based on a you know what is it dumas his his book by the three musketeers yeah, dumas thought, yeah yeah exactly uh and you're basically you <laughs> find out exactly it's it's based on that story in outer space and with jrp genetics it's that's where we're going um you are a character where you feel no pain but you can get like burned to death but you're okay uh yeah. then you find a woman who's escaping who is a member of the uh, the royal ruling class who's enslaving everyone, who who basically hurts anyone um, who touches her. So that's part yeah. of the thing. So basically, you're a perfect pair. I can get destroyed by you and not feel any pain, and I can give pain. So it's it's an interesting story mechanic. I mean, uh, in regards to the dynamic of it. Um, so I was in for the ride. Wait, hang, hang, on actually, but hang on, hang on, hang on, hang on. Okay, that premise is awesome. I'm sorry, dude. Sure. Like you, you throw there's a trope in there. Of course, as the main character, you don't remember anything. Of Correct. course, you got amnesia. That is, you know, that's a JRPG step one. Yes. The 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 stakes are so high here. This this generation after generation, hundreds of years of enslavement, and you're you're thrown against you know this 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 woman um, who is of that enslaving race these, these yes. people who you hate and you're forced to partner up and you're forced to learn that maybe we aren't so different in the end and wow we've got some really extraordinary situations as a premise i thought this was great so i was hooked from the start so i could tell by you kind of like okay so here's a couple of like elements of how this thing <laughs> shapes up and it's like okay this isn't gonna go so well because i okay. appreciated like all of it and they're even like what do you like you're a bunch of slaves and you're breaking rocks like life sucks for these people you know what i mean like it's not looking so good but maybe there's some hope and you've, you've got some training and there's this old man who believes in you, basically Rocky's coach going like, all right, man in the iron mask, you can do this. If you just believe in yourself and you pick your time, you pick your right time to throw your punches. And then you go off and you, you rescue this damsel in distress and you're off on your adventure. That's a good start to me. I'm intrigued. In premise, yes. In execution, Sean. <laughs> Jesus. I struggled with the game because it was a mixed bag of presentation. Sometimes it was CGA anime. Sometimes it was anime cutscenes. Sometimes it was you're talking That's a little awesome. bit, but the people that you're talking to are going like this, and you're okay. reading text. 
we're gonna we're gonna break this down. We're gonna break this out. I love, this is like my favorite thing I've done in a long time. Um, <laughs> the anime, the like the cartoon, the hand drawn stuff. That's when you know shit is about to go down. That is when something big has happened. So you take notice. You're like, oh snap! Like they're they're really going for it this time. And then you get back into the everything else. And then the other thing that you should maybe try to do is is throw on um, Japanese voiceover and, and do some, no. some subtitles. No, 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 <laughs> no, no. I am an old school fan of J uh, of anime. My son is a huge fan of anime. He makes me watch anime with the subtitles with the Japanese dialogue. I hate Japanese dialogue because it's typically melodramatic, overacted. I'm like, no one talks like that in real life. And and it drives me absolutely batty. I prefer, and and this is, this is actually talking. We never had a chance. My wife, my wife has a visual, (laughs) my wife has macular degeneration. So I, the fact that she needs to have voice acting to me is always an excuse for people that don't understand that some people can't read (laughs) subtitles. So when you don't have that, Guess what? You shouldn't be like it's it's trash except for this. So I, I, that's a special place in my heart that I always feel like people just don't understand. There's blind people that they need; they can't watch that. And and a lot of people, if I'm too busy reading the the subtitles, I'm not paying attention to what they're experiencing on their face, the actual part of acting you emote. So to me, it's like I get it, but for me, that's not the way I uh, absorb. I have subtitles if I miss something from a dialogue standpoint, but for me, it's just, it's just a standpoint that I just don't agree with. And, and, and I also, like I said, it was so disconnected in the way they, they presented. And it was sometimes you had voice acting, sometimes you didn't. And sometimes like in the dialogue I read in the script, I'm like, this is like C tier scripting. I'm like, this is not good writing. So I just struggled. And like, if the story wasn't enough, and then I actually experienced like the mapping where you needed to go and I'm like, it's not showing me where the main part is, and I have to go back to this. And I'm like, I don't think this game is as good in regards of ex- uh, uh, um, execution as other modern games. I think it felt like it was a game from the PS3 era. And because this game, a series, the Tales game, I know it's been struggling with just trying to get up to speed. It still feels like it's a couple generations behind in execution. Like, if you compare this like to Mass Effect it like doesn't even hold a candle in the execution, the relationships and the dialogue and the way it's presented. So I think just compare it to the greatest rate Western well, RPG. That's like, but I, could, ever but, I could count, but I could even bring out more examples than are the greatest. I could bring out others. And I just feel like, like even like some, some modern <laughs> games, but I, I do, I do. I felt like this, but I just felt like this is just not up to the level of like yeah, compared to the legend of Zelda. This thing is ass, man. No, no, compared to the Breath of the Wild, I will I give it a kick. It had a better story than Breath of the Wild. Yeah. From uh, Game Pass, and comparing that to Super Mario Odyssey, uh, you can really It was see better than Super Mario Park. Sunshine story. I will give you that example. <laughs> but no, well, I, I, I think yeah. even the way that we kind of like approach this game, I think just speaks to like, what do you look for in it, right? Mm-hmm. And so, yeah. and it's it, exactly what I was talking to before, like the things that I can kind of go, you yeah. know, what systems are there or aren't there that maybe make it a poor experience for somebody else. Like I kind of go like, oh, whatever. I'll just go like search for this side quest. I marked that as my active quest and I'm going to go to the marker on the map and that's going to be what I do. And I'm going to beat up some bad guys along the way and get some XP and level up. And that that's a, that's a great, good enough experience for me, even in the way of, and especially if you keep with it, then this is the, the classic RPG comment. Just stick with it for the first 15 hours and it gets yeah. great. 
I have a hard time telling other people to spend 15 hours because it's a lot of time. Like it's, and we're all busy. It's very difficult to do that. But my experience was that I did stick with it. And what I found was that every time it went from one world to the next, the next area was more interesting than the last area. And nothing is what it seems. This, this, this game and games like it present itself in a way that you think you know everything. And it's so amazing because the because the characters come across, especially at first, that they're super one dimensional, and you think you know what they're going to be going through this entire time, and it actually becomes almost like a cliche in and of itself that they don't do that, that they all have a really interesting arc as they go through. And the if you thought that this guy ruling this area was bad, wait till you see the next person, and they've got a special ability, and the the situation that is impacting the the citizens of the next area is even more dire or more crazy but not necessarily just because it's more extreme and it's hotter or you know more explosions it's different there's a different scenario in in each area so yeah gameplay is what it is but i was like captivated by the setting and the and the stakes and the like completely uphill battle this is where you could maybe compare it to mass effect which is um it's the end of the world. Like this is like, it's all or nothing. And like, and there, there's a, basically a suicide mission. It's almost not, you're almost never going to get out of this thing alive. I was in for the ride for that. Um, but yeah, you kind of have to accept a few other tropey things and repetitive battles and all those kind of things. It kind of just, I think the one thing I would say, Wyvern strike. I heard that like 25 times. Like, I cannot hear that one more time. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So yeah, I, 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 this is for certain people. I think if this is your first JRPG, I think if you're not hooked by the first three hours, you probably are not going to be in for the ride because um, I don't think the storytelling changes. It just probably builds more to the story. Um, but so if you don't like the fact that you're reading a lot of dialogue, but then it's mixed, because that was my problem. It just felt like it was a mixed bag of how they chose to tell their story. And I just, if like hmm, disconnected a little bit. So, well, for me too, like I, and this is me list, um, having to read the subtitles and maybe in some cases, whether you have it on Japanese or on English, I did both. So I was actually reading what they were saying. Plus the subtitles. I'm like, right. Oh, okay. Yeah, for me, and I have an issue, and I don't know if everybody, if you guys do this as well, but like when a lot of times, like I'll just read, or like when something is presenting itself as sick, um, a cinematic or something, I'll just look at my phone and think I'm listening and think I'm paying attention. Then I look up and I realize I've missed the entire thing. But because mm-hmm. I forced myself to read it because it was being spoken in Japanese, like I was, I was locked in. I was not looking at my phone, no matter what was happening. So I, I kind of created a couple scenarios for myself that kept me engaged, even though, yeah, if you're in a different situation, maybe you're looking at your phone or you're you're waiting to like go get a sandwich or I don't know what people do in between things. So mm-hmm. it was one yeah. of my favorite games of the last year. So I'm sorry you didn't like it, but I yeah, just, I was I, I was I disappointed because I'm like, well, maybe this will be the one that gets me. But I'm like, I guess I think I found with Japanese games. I love Capcom; it's probably one of my favorite developers. They're a Japanese mm-hmm. studio, and they just have a different approach than a lot of other Japanese developers. I think they're more engaged with. Uh, Western storytelling in a lot of ways, the way they present uh, versus others. I feel like they are hardcore Japanese and it's like, you've got to really like Japanese culture and the way they tell their storytelling. And I feel like that's Bandai Namco in this instance, yeah. the way they're doing you it. Say, like, so. 
would you say like Monster Hunter? Like when you say Capcom, like what's that's the that's like, that's one of the exceptions. Monster Hunter is a series I don't like, but I think of like uh, you know at points like a Devil May Cry, which is just weird as mm. hell. Cool, cool elements, but the storytelling is just like so B tier. It's like it's like they think they know what Americans doing, but it's just like that. The gameplay gets me through. <laughs> but like then uh, then like they do other games. I'm like oh I just love it. Like they do. Uh, I mean, Capcom is making Resident Evil, which is just like such a they're trying to do Western storytelling in that series. And they also did that with like uh, some other series. So it's, it's just a weird mix of things. It's like, okay, I, I'm trying though. That's what I'm like. Mm-hmm. I'm going to go out of my comfort zone and try things, but, um, but I'm not going to put 25 hours to know that I don't like it. I'm going to like, it's, if it, do your game developers, you got to win me versus me having yeah. to put all into you. So, so yeah, check there's, it out. There's though. nothing quite like, there's nothing quite like really giving it your all. Like I really want to yes. try this and it still misses. Like there's, there's, I have countless examples of that and it's not absolutely. A, yeah. It's not good. Yeah. So, uh, then lastly, just really quick, uh, pivot that ghost of Shishima Iki Island. The, this is a Western studio doing a very Japanese type game. And wow, I love the, 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 the main game and I'm playing the, um, the, the, the DLC portion, the director's cut and I'm all in, I'm like, this is what I want. Fantastic storytelling that respects the, 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 the Japanese culture, all these things. And I love the gameplay and all these elements. So good. So it's just like, know your, what you like sometimes just trust yourself and, and try things as well. And, um, and I will give one shout out, try dreamscaper. Came out on Xbox Game Pass. It is a roguelike with a cool aesthetic, a cool concept of in your dreams, you go to this dream state and you can explore this world, get stronger and do different things. I don't like roguelikes, but I like what they were doing. And I think if you like roguelikes, this game could really be something special. So check out Dreamscaper. Sweet. All right. Well, we got one news story very quickly because we talked about Activision Bungie last week, or sorry, Activision Blizzard last episode. Now Bungie has been bought by Sony. The big picture is this is a completely different type of acquisition because essentially Bungie is going to be an independent part. They're not actually under PlayStation. They're owned by Sony, and they are their own uh, publisher. They're doing everything they want. And I would say the key takeaway of this acquisition is because Sony is not looking about the box and where you're going. They want to build live service games. And who knows how to do that? Sony doesn't. <laughs> Bungie does. <laughs> I mean, come on. What was the last one? We had what? Home, PlayStation Home, and what else? Yeah. SOCOM, MAG. MAG. Yeah. I mean, come on. They don't know what they're doing. They, when it comes to like more than one person on the same screen, maybe they can do co-op, but let's not be silly. So Bungie is a, a, a studio that has been passed around, and um, I think that's why they accepted this offer, because they didn't like being owned by Microsoft, being told what to do. They didn't like being owned by Activision, and basically said, make more Destiny sequels. And they're like, we're, we're, we're independent. They had no reason to sell, except for the fact, hey, we need money. We don't want to have to worry about being funded and we want to be able to to do what we want to do. And Sony's like, we need people that know what the hell they're doing, and can maybe give us that that experience and really grow. Because apparently, Sony wants to make ten live uh, uh, live or what was it uh, games as service games? I'm like, what are those games? Kanamari Damashi? No, that, they don't own that. Uh, what what games? Uh, <laughs> Parappa the Rapper Mag maybe. Two. Mag two. I'll yeah. take Parappa the Rapper. Yeah, man. So music service game. I don't, I don't know. I mean, Sean, you don't do a PlayStation podcast. I mean, what do you think? Uh, yeah. 
Well, that's true. It's coming. <laughs> don't tempt me. Um, don't tempt me. I think this is this is proof that every developer has its price. Everybody's got their price. Um, I'd love to hear you guys' thoughts on the price itself and sort of relative to other things that have sold. Is you know things are selling with a B now, man. Billions of dollars. This is mm-hmm. kind of the going rate, which is absolutely nuts. Um, but yeah, I think I think Bungie is just a really interesting overall developer. I think probably some of the most talented developers and talent in all of the land as as our good friend used to say mm-hmm. and they it's funny because they they seem to just really champion being on their own and being independent and yeah that's probably the best case scenario and then it's like the it's like the, it's like the real world hit them it's like yeah i just want to <laughs> i want to move out of mom and dad's house and screw you guys i'm going to do what i want and then it's like shit this is hard can man, I get I a loan, mom cash. and dad? I need a place to stay, man. Like, I got to get groceries, and who's going to clean my room? And I'm like, coming over to wash my laundry at your house, mom and dad. <laughs> yeah, well, this is what I did. Like, I moved out yeah. four times, man. <laughs> Just like, oh, I'm coming back. I'm going to move out over here. You know, it's, so there. I kind of have to laugh about it a little bit. But all at the same time, like, they, they managed to do all this and still put out one of the best-feeling first-person shooter games ever like like i mean two of them really uh with with halo and now with destiny they they've just got it down pat and i think too that when games get so big i would probably include fortnite in this example as well when games get so big people stop respecting them and it's so weird it's so sure league of legends is probably another example some of these absolutely like bigger than life uh larger than life games they're so Mm -hmm. popular you stop breaking down like what makes them good and uh, Destiny is right there. So this is a huge get for Sony to have in their portfolio. And it, it's really interesting even just to talk about because it's what I'm hoping from these acquisitions is that it is more than just um, exclusives. And we know that already, that Destiny's going to persist beyond PlayStation, which is, which is great and everybody feels good about that. But mm-hmm. the reason I bring it up is because I think that I'm looking for just something more fascinating to talk about and more fascinating to dissect and understand what is the foresight here? What is the vision? And we're getting a couple of maybe glimpses into this in that um, like destiny as an IP, as a lore, the, the, the story that the, the stories that can be told there, the characters that exist, the, the battles that are happening. And again, the stakes, what is happening? And it can be told well beyond video games. And that's where, like, that that really tickles me um, mm-hmm. more so than probably anything else here. Because I think we're on a bit of a precipice here where comic book movies were maybe around Spider-Man, you know, after so much had gone wrong. And where somebody's going to figure this out right away on how to, how to translate video game IP and lore and everything about it to dominate the earth. Video games have, I feel like video games, and maybe somebody can correct me if I'm wrong, video games have always been bigger, better, more revenue generating than comics. And comics have become just gigantic in their IP. So what happens when somebody figures out video games and manages to make those $3 billion movies and Mm -hmm. books and TV and whatever else? Like I just feel like it's there. But maybe not. Maybe the fact that comics were limited to literature and books and you like rather than letting, say, gameplay take over some of those those more important factors. Maybe there's maybe that's the reason comic books have proliferated in the way they have. But yeah, this this bungee thing is is fascinating and I can't wait for them to be to to go back to independence and be bought by Sega or whoever the hell else is <laughs> is next. But yeah, I mean, I, this is this is really yeah. interesting to see. Yeah, it, I, I like that point that this is because this is Sony buying this, not 
specifically just PlayStation. Yeah. It does open it up to, well, Sony also does movies. They also yes. do TV. They also, they like, this is an IP purchase as much as it is, you know, teach them how to do a live service and, and do this, do that. They're saying, okay, cool. Well, Paramount Plus is launching a Halo TV series. We've got The Last of Us. We've got Uncharted just about to drop. Like, is this the next Sony IP that we see on a screen? Yeah. Maybe. We have Tom Tom Holland saying he wants to do a Jack and Daxter movie. Uh, <laughs> did he really? Like, we, yes, he did. Uh, yeah, yes, yeah, he yeah, did. Let him do it, man. Yes. Let him do yes. it. Um, so, like, like we 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 are on that thing. Like, you know, we we saw some success with Sonic the Hedgehog, yep. Detective Pikachu, and I yeah. think this yeah, is just going to grow. Like those mm-hmm. were those movies were like Blade, X Men, and yeah, exactly. we are. I think right there for getting the Spider. The Witcher is excellent. Like, we're getting a Last oh. of Us TV series, so you know it's like yeah. we can go with any medium. And I do have one question, gentlemen, because you're both from Canada. How are you watching Halo? I don't know what Param- does Paramount Plus exist in Paramount Canada. Plus is up here, I think, isn't it? Is it? I don't have yeah, it. I'm pretty sure I actually don't know how I'm going to go about. This. I don't. I don't have Paramount Plus, but I, I'm pretty sure. Okay. I looked it up, and I think you can get it in Canada. I don't have the. This is weird, and this goes not just for Halo, but for really everything. Like I don't have the same compulsion everybody else does. To, like I'm so far behind on Boba Fett and every, the Mandalorian and everything else. Like I just watched Loki, so that's I'm I'm pretty stoked about that. I. Uh, yeah, I won't say anything there because I, I I watched uh, Book of Boba Fett this morning. Mark had to watch it this morning before he got spoiled. I did. I couldn't go anywhere near Twitter or Facebook or Discord or anything for like the whole morning until I finished it. Uh, Five ninety nine Canadian for Paramount Plus. Oh, okay, uh, just cool. Oh, just straight, just not too bad. Oh, interesting. Hmm. Yeah, yeah, just just straight. We can get all the Star Treks. Perfect. Yeah. That's exactly why I'm going to buy this. Is that the only you can get Star, all the Star Treks? All the Star Treks, yeah, and The Good Wife. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and Nickelodeon. I'm gonna, all I'm the Nickelodeon stuff and, and Viacom. And the same, uh, uh, there's okay. a, some really good stuff on there because it's like Viacom. So MTV, South Park, all the stuff from uh, uh, Nickelodeon. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, you're good to go. Survivor. Matlock, maybe. Survivor reruns. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, uh, yeah, I can see me getting this for a little bit and just like watching Halo and then being like, oh, what else is on this thing? Well, Todd, you kind of alluded to something there too, though, like in terms of the purchase, like when you look at Sony and Xbox, what I, more than just the IP, you know, it's, it's teams that make games, they crank these things out. They're, they're like with Call of Duty and Starcraft Warcraft. Like actually I think about Blizzard a little bit more closely to, to Bungie and Sony just continues to add writers man like Mm -hmm. that's what i really think is is a value here because you need a world for these games to and these stories to be told within i think that's so important um you think about even like gears of war like and how much they i would i would say like xbox kind of struggled with like where are we taking this world after Mm -hmm. the first three and there's been a lot of work that has gone into that and i'm very curious to see where they go but it's just like every time you fire up a sony game it's like that that story is there and the writing is is there. It's a hundred percent. And yeah, I, I think that's where Bungie is is. Uh, they proved it with Halo. They're the ones who created that world and that lore. Destiny is right there. What they're creating next, it's like they've just added a behemoth when it comes to obviously the technical prowess and and the ability to blend itself to all those things. But another just juggernaut on storytelling and creative, which you can't that can't be understated. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, and, and Destiny needs a big audience, and I think that's what all these games that are, games of service they need a big audience. So that's where I feel like we're all going. We're not just dealing with like exclusives anymore. We're dealing with like um, Roblox, and we're dealing with Fortnite. Yeah where it doesn't matter where you play, you can play it. And it's, it's, it's where do you get your audience going? And Mark's the biggest Fortnite fan I know. And the fact that he can play it anywhere makes him happy because he doesn't have to yeah. feel like he's tied to the device. So, and I think that yeah. we were going to talk about where we are headed in the next 10 years. And I think that will be the common theme that the box is less important than the experiences you can get wherever you can go. And I could definitely see a future where Nintendo says, I don't care where you play it, but we want to bring the the specialness with the input you bring to the game, the controller. If anything else, Nintendo deals with the way you feel when you're playing. And if Nintendo said you play our games anywhere, but you've got to bring our Nintendo device, I think that would be good enough. It's it's funny, and I don't know what the man. I don't know if we're diving into this right here, but and Mark is a great person to ask about this. Is like I feel like it's like Apple. You know, in terms of wanting to be everywhere, um, mm-hmm. but do you op- are you do you ever become like so open source? It's like you know, Android is what it what it is. It'll they'll let everybody make Google will make anybody make an Android phone. Only Apple makes Apple phones, and they have that that lockdown from the hardware to the software. Like that's them. And I feel like Nintendo. But, but I don't. Apple see doesn't ever- have content. Apple doesn't make content right now. They make a little bit of content. So Apple's the device you want to play on, but. As of right now, Apple doesn't bring the content. You're there for the device. Nintendo, the IP is what makes it special. The Switch right now, you can play docked, which means then you could play that game anywhere. So it's the IP and the experience. I would well, I mean, with the Steam Deck coming, you can go on the go with Steam Deck now. So essentially, you can play Xbox, PlayStation, and all the Steam library. Whereas the Switch, what can you do on the Switch docked that you can't do with any other controller? Well, I'm, the, I guess the comparison I'm trying to make is just the, and that the, the apps that oh. Apple make are part of the overall Apple experience and the ecosystem that they create. And I think that is similar to what Nintendo does with the software that they create that is only available on the hardware that they create. I, Correct, I but, you're, are, but, but the content you're absorbing is Apple doesn't make that. So if Apple didn't offer content and they only offered a device – Right. I mean, essentially mean content. If you're talking games, I'm going to agree with you. If you're talking content overall, I think we've well, seen well, you, you have an inter- well, I would TV say I would say. But but, but the movies, Apple, uh, but Apple TV is is they're making the least amount of content than anybody else. So now people aren't getting the Apple device to watch Apple TV shows. They're watch. They're getting the device right. because of the experience of being an Apple. Same thing when right. people go to Google, things like that. But it's like Google's not making content right now either. So that's where I like Nintendo. Um, and that's where I, I, I and I don't want to segue, but I, I always think in the future, I think if what makes Nintendo special is the way you interact with their games, the waggle, the touchscreen, the whatever, the DS2 screens, um, if you take away the device and you say, I just want to play a Nintendo game, but I want to experience it in a cool way, the controller essentially becomes the unique part rather than the box you play it on. Because like the Switch, like I said, once you dock it, you're playing with a Pro controller. There's nothing about mm-hmm. that Switch box that makes it unique. And you can have four people play it on a, on a TV. Um, when you take it on the go, then you've got a Steam Deck. 
Steam Deck is taking it on the go with a touch screen and controls and in a bigger library than anybody in the brother and can play anybody else. So I'm like, I'm thinking maybe in the future, we don't have to worry about Nintendo games just being in a Nintendo box, but they bring their specialness with the way you interface the, their games. Yeah. We'll see. I mean, it'll be I, interesting. I feel like Ninten- Nintendo's going to be the one to figure out how to, like, the, the secret to the future is just, like, how do you become so invaluable? Like, or so so valuable that you, you can't live without it. And this whole, like, notion of the metaverse, like, there's going to be some sort of tool, there's going to be some sort of device that unlocks the metaverse. And in that way, I don't know that that exists. I don't know if it's, a, a like, a next-gen version of a phone. I don't think that's the answer. Um somebody's going to figure that out. And if Nintendo can somehow tap into that, then yeah, I think they, they, they do manage to just like totally blindside everybody else to get in everybody's homes and be, you know, something that everybody wants. And it's, they, they tackle it in a way that no, that nobody else is, is looking for. Everybody else is talking about strapping a VR headset to your head. And that might, that might be the answer. That might be exactly what this whole metaverse is about. But for whatever reason, I feel like Nintendo just like understands what drives our stupid lizard brains, and that might be the secret to being mm-hmm. in everybody's homes and and being completely universal across the world. Here's a hint: it's cardboard. cardboard well, exactly. Yeah. Like, and they're just stupid enough to try. Like, they're <laughs> exactly. crazy. I should say they're crazy enough to try. It. It. Yeah, yeah. yeah. No, I mean, they, but you're right on. Like, they they just for whatever reason they think so differently that like they you're right on like they tap into like weird little things that it's just like oh yes that is the button that i want to press over and over again to make the happy chemicals go off in my brain like that's nintendo yeah there's a lowest common denominator thing there as well i think that can't be uh it's it's because it's kind of lowbrow it's like this isn't the smartest thing. Maybe when you look at it, it's not like the, the most detail and not pushing all the P's and F frames per second, blah, blah, blah. But it's like, how many people even know what any of that stuff is to even look for it? And that's where it, that's where I think it's, it's maddening yeah. when you know it and you're like, you're clearly not pushing any boundaries when it comes to that. So mm-hmm. what is it? And it's like, it's the same thing that makes whatever, like Times New Roman, the most common font. It's like, there's nothing special about Times New Roman. The thing sucks. But like mm. everybody can read it, so I guess that's popular. Like I don't know, it's not not always a quality thing or a commentary on the the prowess of it. It's just how deployable is it to everybody? Yeah, there's nothing like an, holding a Nintendo controller in your hand. Yeah, and not I'm, the actual box you play it on. That's that's what I I kind of thought about. Kind of like Disney. Disney does what they Disney does, but Disney's everywhere and it's affordable. So, in, in, but Nintendo, I think, is going towards Apple in, the, in their approach. So maybe, maybe it's a different, and maybe those two will partner in the future and make the greatest Nintendo Apple box in the world. There's an acquisition for Apple to go for, go after. I'm sure that'll go well. <laughs> uh, very quickly, though, we get the bonus round, and that is Nintendo Direct. So, um, very quickly, I just want to go over this because, I mean, Sean, your your um, your predictions. We're Donkey Kong. Uh, Kato at Donkey Kong. Oh, that's right. You had a Fire Emblem in the fall. Um, Then I believe you you had a few others. Um, You know, if you want to talk about any of those you had. Mark, you also, you had a few others. Uh, I think Wave Race was a big choice in this. I always say Wave Race. Yes, you do. Yes, you do. (laughs) We should all be asking for Wave Race. Three years that (laughs) we've been recording this show, and my answer is always Wave Race. So don't... uh, I wouldn't, I wouldn't 
Yeah, let's see. Let's see. I let's see. Sean, you had um, if I if I got yours correctly, um, you had um, a Wind Waker at a Wind Waker port, like a yes. rem- HD remaster, bring it over to, to Switch. I had Splatoon getting a date for June twenty twenty two. I had Fire Emblem in the fall, and and specifically that that was going to be the one more thing. Um, then Diddy Kong Racing was going to come to Switch Online plus Expansion Pass, mm-hmm. and my my real go get them was uh, the Sims was going to come to the Switch as a cloud version. Perfect. That makes my... so much damn sense. It, it does. That it hasn't happened yet is just like who hates making money in this equation? <laughs> exactly. Apparently, Sims. Apparently, Sims Four is the most demanding game in the world. <laughs> That's why I said cloud. That's why I had to yeah, add a little bit absolutely. Power cloud. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, and that like we saw that clouds a thing. Like, come on. Uh, so mine. Funny enough, I you said June. I was thinking July for Splatoon three to make it uh, the same. Right. Like the, uh, Splatoon two launched in July, uh, so I, I thought there. But it, and frustratingly enough, we got summer as yes. uh, the release window in this. So uh, you could go to September, and you yeah, you're in the the wheelhouse yeah. from June to September. You're good. We're we're both almost right, uh, of course. Wave race always been. I mean, I'm I'm just gonna keep saying wave race until something comes from that franchise. Whether it's Nintendo Switch Online, a new game, both. There, uh, there's Nintendo a boat in Chrono selling. Cross. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's about as close as you're gonna get. I think. Sorry. Ugh. I know. Well, and was there one? There's no boating in the new Switch uh, sports game, right? No, not yet. Not yet. No, 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 yet. no, yeah, no wave, jet skis in switch sports. <laughs> you know what? I, uh, that was in, was that in, was that in, uh, resort, that right? Sports resort. Wasn't it? Jet skis. Yeah, I'd be, I believe. I'd be yeah. happy with them leaving the, that out. Is, but the, the big omission for me. So they said we're getting golf in the fall or something like that as a download. Right. Um, as like another addition. So I'm hoping they keep adding things because I want Frisbee golf. That was oh, so satisfying amazing. or even just the Frisbee with your dog kind of thing. Uh, but Frisbee golf was so much fun because I found normal golf was not as as accurate with the Wii remote. Maybe it's going to be better with the Joy-Con. But, uh, but, but Frisbee golf, you just had to kind of flick it in the right direction and it, it just kind of worked and it was yeah, fun. And uh, I, I want that one to come back. And it seems like they just keep iterating on tennis right now it's like we have tennis and we have racket sports smart badminton did we get uh what's the old what's the game that old people like pickleball that didn't come in (laughs) (laughs) if they said table tennis i was gonna throw something at my tv oh but mark you did get close on two though you said mother three is happening and you got earthbound (laughs) on switch online close yes yeah and and earthbound beginnings Yes, so that's like, and you got a new Mario Earthbound game. One plus Earthbound two equals Earthbound three. I think I was right. I think that. you were right, and then you got a new Mario game. Yeah, I didn't think it was going to be Strikers, but uh, here we are. So, uh, and I'll just give you my my choices were all wrong. Bayonetta did not get a release in June. Uh, there was no GoldenEye remaster or trailer. Uh, Kirby did not get new Amiibo. What Kirby? Come on! And then Metroid Prime did not get anything. So that is where we stand in our predictions. So Mark, you were the closest. Woo-hoo. So Mark, I'll leave it to you to talk us through the Nintendo Direct. Okay. So we uh, we 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 mentioned a couple of things. So I'm going to go through these pretty quickly and in no particular order because I have a list here that's just going to give me a 
a very quick list of everything that was announced. So first off, Super Mario Strikers is back. This is awesome. Sean, I know you're a fan of the series, the the Mario Sports series in general. Uh, I know that the community has a lot of fun with those. Uh, golf comes to mind first off. But uh, Strikers, what did you think of this one? Move over Mario Golf, move over everything else. This is the one I lost my mind. Mm-hmm. I remember the very first time I played Strikers on the Wii, which was you know very, very close, if not the exact same game as the, as the GameCube. Um, yeah. This is a game with attitude, man. This is soccer with an extreme edge to it. It's got all the things you love from Mario games with the power-ups and all the characters and everybody's unique. And it's just it's just fun and it's something mm-hmm. that everybody can pick up and play it seems like it, it is maintaining a lot of the heart that that strikers had i didn't get any red flags like i did with um with mario golf like it seemed like it was pretty feature thing, complete yeah. you got your online clubs it's got couch co-op it's got online play i am here for it couch Eight co-op people. yes Holy please shit well, yeah, I mean, we've been spending the last five years buying dozens and dozens of Joy-Cons. So, yeah, please <laughs> do. Really give it to us, man. Amazing. 18 um, people. I thought it was going to be a Battle Royale because they said Battle League. I'm like, there's going to be 100 people playing soccer. That would be hilarious. <laughs> That'll be a DLC it's mode like, in a year. That is that is peewee soccer right there. It's like all those kids around a ball and nothing happens. Oh, my God. Amazing. It does look crazy. I'm, I'm very excited for that one. And uh, online, like I said, multi multiplayer uh, couch co-op for eight people. It just it looks clubs. Uh, and clubs. That's yes. it. You can, you can compete against other clubs. So we'll have the I'm sure the, the Yumi Capri Club and the, the Phoenix Overdrive Club and the um, the, the Secret Friends Club. And yeah, we'll man. All be competing or we'll all team up and take on every other club and uh, and go at it that way. So it's, it's going to be pretty pretty awesome i can't wait for that one That's gonna all be us retired place. soccer players can finally get our uh uh swerve on yeah, i was disappointed exactly there's no ted lasso or danny rojas uh characters yet soccer is life do, uh, football yet. is life football is life that would be a that'd be a good me costume for that that would be good sports there we go that's it I'm, I'm getting started on that me as soon as we hang up this call uh the next one on my list and i think this is one of the last things they talked about but i'm gonna put it right now because it's exciting to me is mario kart 9 oh wait no sorry that's still not happening we're getting <laughs> no. 48 new effing tracks what the hell what is this it's 27 is this? years after that game launched uh, we're getting 48 new tracks. It's going to be $25 US, I think, or, or free if you have Nintendo Switch Online Plus Expansion Pack. Just paid for it again if you uh, if you got it begrudgingly like Todd. Boom! I don't play Animal Crossing. I needed something for this. <laughs> Todd, I thought of you. As soon I know as you did. So I'm like, what? I can play this for like, free? Todd just got his money's worth. Um how how are you feeling, Todd? I'm ecstatic. Uh, good. That is good. Uh, Sean, this going to make you go back to uh, to Mario Kart Eight. What else could we ask for? If it's not if not a Mario Kart Nine, why not Mario Kart Eight Point Seven Five Six Three Five to that's it why so long we don't know so great we have a roadmap we've got six waves of six tracks that's awesome Um, the only thing that i would say you know i want to i want to tackle this other the checking the box of like we're getting more tracks like breathe new life into the number one best-selling uh game on the switch this is such a no-brainer it's not even funny um but then also on top of that 
two things. The pricing for it alone, $25, I think, makes a lot of sense. They, they could have asked for another $40, and they Easy. didn't. So they, they maintain this reputation that Mario Kart does DLC right, and they tack on this with, if you have this expansion pass that everybody's been screaming about, you actually get this here. So I think that like it's, it makes me happy on every front, and hopefully it makes all the people who have been bitch whining and complaining about that, that pass that was completely optional to purchase. I think it adds value to that and makes me wonder what's in the future, man. Like how now they've got this animal crossing DLC in there. They've got the Mario Kart DLC. What else is coming? And I think that's, that to me is much better when I think about what should I be looking forward to from this past? It's not old games coming back and available in a sort of virtual console kind of thing. It's like, mm-hmm. this is new and different. This is, it allows them to keep selling their games at $70. They'll never stop doing that. But it does allow like day and date. It's like it's Nintendo's version of Game Pass day and date stuff. They yeah. were never going to do, you know, their first party stuff day and date on the thing. Yeah. But DLC, they could live with that. And I can Absolutely. live with it as well, man. I think it makes sense for everybody. Definitely. Uh, it's a win. Just for the record, for anyone that has not done the math yet by the time you're listening to this, 48 new tracks doubles it's a game. the amount yeah. of oh, tracks. Wow. That okay. is the exact amount, including the DLC from – so if, if you played Super Mario uh, Kart 8 on the Wii U as it was, Proper. that was 32. They added 16, and that's where the deluxe comes in. That was originally DLC. They added it for the Switch version. So we have 48 tracks right now. Yep. And they are literally doubling that game. So they're basically just like, here's another, like this is essentially aside from a new gimmick or something, this is a new game. Now, Mark, do you think, because I feel like they did this with the the DLC on the Wii U, that as we get a little bit closer, maybe there's certain waves that come with other characters as well. I feel like we got like Isabella when the Animal Crossing track came along. So Mm -hmm. yeah, that that was where I was, I was halting myself a little bit earlier on like, everything's great. New tracks. This is all awesome. But I also want characters too, please. If I can. Well, yeah. I mean, I've been streaming uh, a bit more with my wife and and one of the games we play is Super Mario Kart 8. And, uh, and that's one of the things I always say, I'm always going through and picking a character and I'm always like, I wish this character was in this or I wish that character. And there, there are a ton of characters, but yeah, Yeah. I'm right there with you. I'd love to see. Yeah. Just a few, just a few more sprinkled in there. Mm -hmm. Come on. It's, you know, that's uh, very cool. New tracks and three more characters. Like who, who is everybody wanting for um, for Smash that didn't get in there? Who's somebody like put them in Mario Kart? Gino, <laughs> Gino. There we go. Can you imagine Gino in in Mario Kart after all this time? Ra- wave racer guy. Because <laughs> yeah. he can ride a wave racer on the track. Just put wheels on it. It's like in like the trailer you put your jet ski on. That's what he's driving. That's what I was just going to say. <laughs> yes. 100%. I'm on board. I will never pick another character. Or oh, you've got a truck a idea. pulling the guy on the jet ski. And that's what it is. It's like double dash. You <laughs> the guy in the truck. I'm on board. That's going to be the gimmick for nine. It's going to be you're just your carts being dragged behind. It's, it's tow year. truck Mario Kart. Excite truck plus Mario Kart. I love it. And that's, oh, that's going to be. Uh, I know Kart. Nintendo so well. That's it nailed it. hundred percent. Uh, so <laughs> the next one we did mention it already. We sports. Uh, this is Nintendo oh. switch sports. Is this a paid game? Is this online? What is this? Seems to be a paid game, but mm-hmm. they're adding to it as it goes. They're already giving us a bit of the roadmap. Like I said, we're getting golf. We're getting, uh, the, the different mode for soccer where you can play with the, uh, the leg strap from, um, 
from uh, Ring Fit. Or, uh, yeah. Ring, Ring Fit. Yeah. Um, what do you guys think of this? Like my again, my wife was like losing her mind. Yep. I'm very excited because anything I can play with her that we can both have a good time and just understand it instantly. Um, Wii Sports for me is always going to be the game that my my grandmother beat my brother playing tennis the first time we broke it out. And uh, yeah, it's it's, it's going to be special for those kind of reasons. So do you guys have that same nostalgia for Wii Sports? Are you excited for this? Huge Sean? nostalgia, man. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. This is... Yeah. Nintendo does this amazing thing. I remember when the NX was revealed, the switch was revealed and they didn't, they just t- showed the games. They showed you playing in the car and carrying on the roof and everything. And, but they didn't say anything about the touchscreen. And I feel like if they did, people would be like, Oh, this is just a mobile thing. It's just a, it's just a tablet, yeah. but they didn't. And months later, months went by and people were like, I kind of hope that it's got a touchscreen. And then it did. And we were happy. And I feel like with it's kind of the same thing with this, where maybe if they launched the Switch with with a Wii Sports kind of successor, be like, well, of course you are. Like that that right. doesn't really wow me. But it's been long enough that we've we've grown kind of hungry or thirsty for this, and now here it is. And of course, this is bringing back memories from. I'm sorry, where's my Walker? It, 15 <laughs> years ago, you know, like yeah. 16 years ago, 2006, yeah. whatever it was. Mm-hmm. Wow absolutely incredible this is you know with all a, a couple of additions this this battle bowling mode this eight lane at the same time play with your friends yes please um mm. yeah i just a total full of joy kind of moment on this nintendo direct for me Talk. i i have missed we bowling all of these things so much mm. and it was just such a no-brainer and they screwed it up so much on the wii u with that sports club where the way they made you pay for it was just dumb and it was like i can't wait for this i want to play 100 pin bowling again i love this it's it's it's, it's this is you know we didn't get we got one two switch instead of this and that just yeah. feels like such a a miss, but I get it, Sean. What you said—it's like it was making Switch its own identity, not distract and make it like feel like it's a Wii successor. So, yep. but I think the fact that we're getting this now is fantastic. But like once again, it was just a little unclear if this is going to be a fully purchasable game or if it's going to be like a service game. But I'm I'm fine either way. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Uh, I guess we'll see. Yeah, because they'll they'll announce it, but uh, it's coming pretty soon. So April 29th, we're going to find out, and there's going to be a test run for that one the end of this month. So we're going to be testing the online features of uh, I think they said at least three games in that little t- weekend trial. Perfect. So we're we're getting this really really soon. It's it's pretty pretty great. Uh, they finished it off with Xenoblade Chronicles three. So I'm going to throw that one in next. Um, what are you guys big Xenoblade Chronicles fans? What do you think of this? Oh, this is a Todd game for sure. Todd, take oh it yeah, yeah, it's definitely for me. Yeah, the game that sold two million copies on Switch was how they ended the game. Uh, Metroid Dread yeah. has sold more copies than this game, so I just think this is like uh, uh, this is the most Nintendo Nintendo game that is just for a few people. Right, I'm buying. I'm day one. I of love, course you are. I, I love Xenoblade Chronicles Definitive Edition. Uh, I still need to play the second one. This is kind of like I'm, I'm basically when that 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 test fire happens for the for Switch Sports is when I am done. I have until then to finish everything in my backlog because after that it's like it's that and then it's Triangle Strategy. You know, it's all these other things. Mm-hmm. This game looks great, and it also kind of gave us a sense of everything that's happening until the time that we may really want to know what's happening in Nintendo land. Like right. what's our that's October game? September. What's our November yeah. game? This was September. I think this was, I think that's why you got this mm-hmm. game as the one more thing. Todd was just like this kind of capped off. Yeah. It seemed weird too. They said they were only going to talk about first half games and they like 
uh, we're going to push this a little bit to the envelope. Yeah. 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 Um, Which is fine. One that's one that's coming sooner. Fire Emblem Warriors. You guys, uh, that broke hearts when they showed it was a Muso game. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) I'm watching Jeff from Jeff Gerber. Like no Muso. And I'm like, Oh no. <laughs> we'll skip past that one and go. Uh, you already mentioned voice acting for this one, which just seemed weird, which they didn't have to do, and I'm glad they did. Yeah, kind of a neat addition. Uh, did you guys play original Advance Witch, John? Did you? I tried it. No, like into the series. No, no. Okay. I have I have huge nostalgia for that series, so I'm very excited for this. But still, kind of curious of like, how much can they? Ad- improve a game boy advance game to make it justifiable even if it's a package so i do want to see and i think voice acting's one more little tick of like the this is worth 90 dollars or whatever it's going to come to with tax in canada <laughs> wow like, it's uh it's wild right? is it really a 60 dollar um, us game I yes think, yeah i think yeah. it's a full price well, it's two game. games right yeah, two games. No, that's, no, no, no. that's the same. I'm still, you see, you're, you're in the same. Kind yeah, of I, that's not how I thought of this game, but okay. Yeah. Um, no Man's Sky, the next one on my list, uh, coming to Switch. This is an impressive game to fit on. Is the that edge. a? Is that a? Like, it's not a streaming one. It's a real game. No, it does, wow. It seems, yeah. Seems seems to be legit, and from from the stream, looked good. Yeah, looked decent. Yeah. Yeah. I thought looked better I than MLB the Show. I think. Game. Which yeah. I will say, speaking of MLB the show, what the hell was that narration? And it, <laughs> they showed a puppet at the end. I'm like, what is going on? There's a puppet man at the very end. I'm like, who is that puppet? Who is that puppet? Sean, tell me who that puppet is. You've got a Toronto Blue Jays hat. Who is that puppet? I don't know if he's a Might be weird. Might be stereotypical. Might be insensitive, actually. Very odd. One thing we saw, another thing we saw, speaking of weird, Kirby Forgotten Land. Oh my god. New trailer. Mouthful, mouthful mode. mode. I've got that down. You become a car, you become a slot <laughs> machine. You become machine. a you become like a cone, traffic cone. Yep. I don't understand it, but I love this game. But yeah. Like Mario became looks. a dinosaur. Kirby can do whatever he wants. Put your hat on anything. Put Kirby's mouth on anything. Oh my god! And this one's coming soon. This is March yes. 25th. So I'm all down. We're gonna get to experience no all this, new uh, amiibo though. We don't get like a Kirby car amiibo yet. yet. That's we oh might, okay yet. Three years out. later, they'll uh, bring that. <laughs> bunch of classic games. So we got Ooh. Force Unleashed, Assassin's Creed, the Ezio uh, trilogy. Mark, uh, yo, that Force Unleashed game. That is the Wii port. Is what are they doing? What are they doing? Star Wars, man. Uh, Star Wars is something. The 360 version would be perfect and easy enough. Would it would? How much different is the 360 version of the Wii port? Uh, it, HD versus SD. Is it, <laughs> so, it's not HD at all. Well, they upres the the SD assets. Yeah, oh, really? yeah. yeah. No Why did they do that? Uh, Assassin's Creed. I'm. I'm. I don't know if I'll. Was that not out already? Triple dip. No, because we have uh, oh. uh, we have Black Flag. We have Rogue. We have three. Uh, so the Ezio trilogy is a good get for this one. That's 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 all right. Um, I'm I don't know. I, I have that game on every, the, all those games on on everything, but I have the full Assassin's Creed every single game they've ever released on Xbox. So I don't know if like my my desire to go back on Switch, but every time like it'll go on sale, and I'll pick it up just like I picked up Black Flag and just be able to like play it and just. Mark, you just around. want them to put Assassin's Creed in your vein. Yeah. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, um, and the Ezio trilogy is so darn good. Like, if you're an Assassin's Creed fan, like that is 
where they made you an Assassin's Creed fan. So um, what else do we have? Front Mission first and second coming. Uh, Chrono Cross. Uh, that's a, what, that's about a, what about the Metroid modes? Oh, I said they've got the rookie mode. I'm back in. I'm back in. Goods. Rookie mode has me in. Yeah, and the one touch mode, you get hit oh, once by anything, no and thanks. you're dead. You are. I'm right. gonna last 46 seconds, and I beat that. Joey game. Ferris will be doing. He'll beat the game. Oh, you had to call it an individual because I was gonna say this is Nintendo's way of identifying the serial killers out there, the absolute <laughs> psychopaths. <laughs> well, Joey's just a new father, so I'm not gonna go that deep. But he's, you know. <laughs> Just insane. Uh, the boss rush mode, thank you. Apply that to every game of this ilk, man. Yes. Every game should have yeah. a boss rush mode like that. That is awesome. Yeah, for sure. Klonoa uh, is all I got to say. Klonoa, thank you. Another one coming back. Uh, Special man. I, I didn't mention in my, my Your kids will back. love Klonoa, Sean. It's so yeah. adorable. Super okay. cute. Um, what else am I missing? We mentioned pro- Triangle Strategy. Uh, so I think the hey, last, the big one. What is Lego Brawls, Mark? You're like the guy that knows this stuff. That what is, is a mobile game. So okay. that's um, that's a mobile fighting game, I believe. I th- and I think up until right now, that is a, uh, that might be an Apple Arcade exclusive. Okay. Uh, I believe. And there, there's a Disney racing game or something that's not on this list that I'm looking at. That, by uh, Gameloft and it's free to play. Gameloft, free to play. I was on board until I saw that, and then it was like eh? the game loft or this or the free to play, both. both? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> jinx, Mark. Yeah, I was all in, and again, I was. I'm watching this with my wife. I'm like, we're we're both excited. We're both huge Disney fans. Like it's it's just and and like Finn's starting to recognize some some Disney characters, uh, especially if they're from Encanto or uh, Zootopia or um, Moana, is like his favorites but uh it like so so seeing that it's like oh man get me maui in a race car and i'm i'm all in and finn's gonna be like glued to the tv and then and then they 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 finish it with like it's free to play and from game loft and it's oh no this is gonna be just a mobile game on a switch where it's like microtransaction after microtransaction and i am not here for that so um do you have your credit card on your switch there mark it's a, yeah, that, that'll be useful uh, for adding things to the no cart terrible eShop experience that is Switch. Uh, is there anything that I'm missing, fellas, or what was like the one standout for you? Uh, Portal was there as well. That's Sorry, uh, that's um, one and two collection. Is there anything else that I missed? Live Alive. That was that weird, like, no, it was, was on SNES, came out, and it looks like this triangle strategy. Uh, like art style where it was like the and i'm not sure if they've remastered but that was game was pretty impressive too for what they were going for yeah yeah it looks really interesting for sure um any standouts sean what was what was the big standout for you oh my gosh i switch sports mario kart dlc you know, pri- Triangle Strategy, Kirby, I thought had a really great showing. Metroid was right there. Mm. I think Splatoon didn't do so hot for me, even though I'm really so excited that's for that one. That's it. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think I might have skipped over that. But yeah, Splatoon oh. was like the music was not Splatoon-y. Like it was really off-putting. I, I honestly found. thought Rabbids were about to show up. I thought we were about to get <laughs> like a flip. Yeah. Like, yeah. 
I thought we were going to get a Mario Rabbit. I see Splatoon stuff. I, I mean, this one was a big one, like Splatoon, MLB. I was like, man, Bobby would be just eating this up right now. But yeah. like the Splatoon thing, I, I, I could also see, see him being like, nah, this is hot trash in the summer. summer. Like mm-hmm. show me the regular mode, like not the salmon see- rush. I, I I am I've struggled with uh, Splatoon in the game mode. I wanted to like more because uh, was Salmon Rush and the fact that it was never available when I wanted to play. Yes. And if they're doubling down on that, that's what I've always wanted with Splatoon. I want PVE content. Yeah. I don't care about the eh, we're gonna do that. I want to take on bosses together with friends. And it feels like that's the direction I'm going. Like I want more of that. So I hope it'll be consistent at least. I hope so too. And I hope it's not time gated. It's just like let people play when they can play. That's it. Yeah. Yeah. Nothing worse. I mean, I, I understand like the Splatfest and stuff that is like a weekend event yeah. or something, yeah. but that's like a weekend event for a mode that's always available basically. But like those kind of things where it was like, yeah, you can play between like 506 and 537 uh, every third Wednesday and uh, and enjoy Salmon Rush on, on those specific times. Um, and we're not going to tell you which time zone that's in. So enjoy <laughs> suckers. Uh, and it was just, like, it just, it felt like they were just actively trying Trolling. to not play that. Yeah. Uh, so this, yeah, we, to, to that point, like it, I'm, I'm hoping that it's at least consistent, but, um, but the, I don't know, something about the trailer just felt off to me. Wasn't Same. there like an egg mode where you have to like, it felt like that's your Frisbee golf mode, Mark. It's to get the egg in the trap, <laughs> right? Exactly is that what it is? Yeah. That's what I'm hoping for. Caviar yes. mode. Yes. <laughs> Uh, anything else stand out for you guys? I think just overall, I, as a Nintendo fan, I was lightheaded, actually. Like, I just, yeah. the the Strikers being a surprise, the Switch Sports being a real surprise. Like, I just kept getting, like, smacked in the face. Um, but then they let me kind of catch my breath and let the blood get back to, you know, with you know, Disney, Speed, Speedstorm, and Star Wars. And it's okay. But honestly, like, I really came away from this. And I haven't in a long time came away with this going, like, okay, how am I going to afford this? direct like i'm really starting to like tally these things up and one of my favorite kind of like post direct activities is the jpeg goes around and we all grab our whatever our our ipads or we circle around we color it in green yellow red um it's a thing and it's just if you're into nintendo you're liking this sort of thing if you're not then you're like you're looking at us weirdos going like what the heck is wrong with these idiots but we're having fun Mm -hmm. and i had a great day today man it was a really good showing. Todd, what was your, your I think that the hardest one to please out of the three of us for <laughs> Nintendo stuff, what were your takeaways from this? Trip? They just really nailed a lot of just bizarre things that were like, that's really in my wheelhouse. So Klonoa was cool. Portal for nobody. Nobody in Nintendo has ever played a Portal game. That's really yeah. cool. Um, I mean, Mar- I've always asked for more Mario sports games. We don't get Mario sports mix or the NBA crossover for some reason. So I'm glad we're getting that. Uh, we got a puppet. Cool. Uh, <laughs> it was so dumb. Um, but then the rookie mode in Metroid Dread because I wanted to yeah. play more of Metroid Dread, but I hated the fact that I felt like God. I've got to get. My, I've got to recognize. Uh, the boss movements and things like that. And like Mark, you said, yeah, just do it for 25 times. You eventually get them like that doesn't sound fun. But so I'm glad they're adding difficulty modes. That's awesome. Open it up to more people to play that game and maybe they'll sell another million. Great. Uh, Nintendo switch sports. Awesome. And the fact that uh, the adding more value to NSO makes me so happy because yeah. I'm not an Animal Crossing guy, and a lot of people aren't. And the fact that they're adding this in to a game that is their most popular game on their platform is a huge deal. So I, I love that, that that's that's an option. 
For sure. Yeah. I'll echo everything you guys said and uh, just say, yeah, it was a great show for sure. Perfect. Now don't well, ask that, them for anything else. They're good until no, no, whatever no. is going to be in E3. Like we're getting E3, and then it might be it for – well, the last one was September, so we might see one after there. So we'll see what, what's happened. There Maybe Zelda will finally show up in September. Who knows? You'll be waiting. We'll all yeah, be waiting for Zelda and maybe voice acting. Yeah, blame Todd. Um, oh, well, that is it for our show. This has been a fantastic time. Oh, my goodness. We went long, but that was for good purpose because we're having a good time. We only get a Nintendo Direct every four months, so this is well worth the journey. So with that, Sean, tell people where they can find you around the web. Well, thanks, guys, for having me on. It's actually just, you know, it's very cosmic that I think we were supposed to record before tonight. So it just worked yeah. out that Direct was announced. We got to chat about this. It was, um, yeah, a long time coming, man. Uh, people can find me on Twitter and on Twitch at Sean Capri. It's Sean like Connery, Capri like the pants. And I do a number of shows, including the Xbox Drive, the Nintendo Drive, uh, where, of course, we talk about Xbox and Nintendo. And I, I hang out with, so I have Sweet Hangs with Strangers from the internet on We The Gamer Cast every single week. You can find everything we do at patreon.com slash Yumi Capri. So good. So much fun. Sean has put up with me and my antics for years, so I appreciate that. Mark still does it, but he's my co-op husband, so we have that <laughs> in common. Um, so, Mark, tell people where they can find you around the web. You can find me pretty much everywhere at the underscore Canardian. Uh, haven't done any Twitch streaming in a couple of weeks. I've been pretty pretty bad at that. But there's uh, um, my son's sleep schedule has been all over the place, so sleep comes uh, when when we can. So <laughs> that's my excuse, and I'm sticking to it. But otherwise, you can find me Instagram, Twitch, uh, Twitter, everywhere at the underscore Canardian. Mark and Loren are a pleasure to watch on Twitch together. Uh, I would think Sean and his wife, Chelsea, should also do the same. Uh, try to figure out what, what weird things you do. Like Mark apparently cannot open a banana like a normal person. So we'll go with that. Sean. I almost got it. one the other day. Just bite it from the I bottom. I almost did it. It's funny. Uh, Chelsea and I are like really like we're, we're ships in the night, man. Um, we, we, we pass each other and say, hey. Oh yeah, we're still here. And then we kind of like take turns. We are on shift. We're on shift duty, man. Until the next Fallout game comes out and then you'll play together, right? I'm telling you, man. Yeah, well, that's PlayStation 5 eventually. Like we're on a list of some sort. And that that's for her, really. So that's so crazy. So it's crazy. Not since before Christmas. Oh wow. wow. Well, you can check me out at T Oxtra. I'm uh tilting at the world. I'm the old man on the internet trying to make the just uh companies behave and uh go where they need to go and take care of patrons who want the internet to be just. So with that, um everybody, thank you for joining us. This was a pleasure to join us all together again. But with that, I say thank you, Sean. Thank you, Mark. And remember, folks, it's always better to game together. This podcast is part of the Secret Friends Unite podcasting network. Visit secretfriendsunite.com for more great shows, articles, news, reviews, and more. Secret Friends Unite podcasts are available on Apple, Google, Spotify, and other podcast services around the world. If you'd like to be part of the conversation, you can join us on Facebook or our new Discord server, or follow at Secret Friends U on Twitter. Please subscribe to Secret Friends Unite on YouTube and visit our merch store at tpublic.com. Just search Secret Friends Unite. Thanks for listening.